Hello, my friends, and uh, welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. This is going to be episode 156, episode 156 of this year. And uh, we're going to do the 24th Sunday of Ordinary Time. Sorry if it's a little late. Um, it been uh, overwhelmed with a lot of things at work, so um, trying to do it and doing it uh, with a clear head and not sounding sleepy and messing up is really hard. So I'm going to catch up, uh, so why not catch up, right? So let's begin with um, the act of contrition, of course. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault, therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to please pray with me to the Lord our God, May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Christe eleison, Christe eleison, Christe eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. And now the Gloria. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of good will. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, Heavenly King, O God Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Most High, you alone, Jesus, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, and the glory of God the Father. Amen. 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 <clears throat> so, before we begin the reading, uh, I want to try to get a few things clear all right i'm not a fan of often the way the novus ordo is practiced not with a good not with i would say the reverence that it deserves it deserves i mean you know the mass itself the mass should be practiced with reverence never mind the fact if it's novus ordo or uh, the traditional Latin Mass, it should be practiced with reverence, whether it's a high Mass or low Mass. Um, I, myself personally, uh, I'm not an expert on everything Vatican II. I'm trying to learn it. And from what I learned from others who have read it, um, it was never implemented correctly. It was hijacked. Let's put it this way. It was hijacked by modernists. And a lot of the stuff that's being done, such as the uh, the priests practicing the mass facing the people, uh, not at orientum, which it should be done as it, as is done in the Eastern churches, as is done in the Coptic churches, and also communion in hand, which I think is an insult to to the to the dignity of our Lord, 
his body and blood and soul and divinity, which is the real presence, should not be done in communion hands. Um, there should be um, more reverent prayers. The priests should be more reverent. Um, it's, I would call it uh, streamlined lit liturgy, basically. It's, uh, you know, bada boom, bada bing. You know, it's off and the priest can go do whatever it is he's doing. Maybe watch a football game or whatever. Or go to a barbecue or go watch his HBO show or whatever. It's done irreverent. The music is irreverent. The music, the, the, the hippie, the contemporary, the Peter, Paul, and Mary is horrible. But this is one problem I think I do have with. Not with um, just the Noris Ordo, but I think a lot is with... Um, mostly I think is a lot with some people who are in a traditional Latin Mass... Uh, mindset you can't put a limit on God's grace love, redemption and salvation nowhere in any of the apparitions of Fatima or Lourdes or Akita or Japan, the one in Japan or whatever I would say any legit uh, even Our Lady of La Salette or the apparitions uh, in uh, A Lady of Good Success, I haven't heard anything, anything, where the, the liturgy itself is an argument, whether it's a Novus Ordo or a traditional Latin Mass. A friend of mine who was teaching catechism um, has a student, uh, someone who wants to become a Catholic thinks that if he's not baptized in the traditional Latin Mass that he was not baptized uh, if he's not confirmed in the traditional Latin Mass the traditional Latin Mass liturgy that he's not valid I was baptized in the Novus Ordo to put a limit on God's grace and power whether it's in the Novus Ordo or the traditional Latin Mass, is insulting to the dignity of our Lord. Okay? It's insulting to the, to the dignity of our Lord. Nowhere do we get in the scriptures, if you notice, any detail of how baptism should be done. Whether it's pouring the water over the head of the person or immersing the individual in, in, in holy water, it doesn't say that. You know, it's almost very superstitious. It's very callous and tacky to argue over the details. Christ doesn't, doesn't do that, if you noticed. He says in the end, before he ascends into heaven, go forth and baptize, preach and teach and baptize. Now, maybe he did show them in some form. Maybe he even might have showed them in both ways. But the fact is that you have people going over, 
over the the details like you know holy blessed salt um um you know it could be done reverently i mean yes i don't want to see like we saw during the pandemic a water squirt gun like making a joke out of it you know i don't like seeing priests behaving very tacky i don't like seeing that in their behavior you know turning it into some kind of clown show joke i don't want to see that I don't like seeing rock and roll discos at mass or clown masses or liturgical dances, a bunch of silly people bare feet dancing the liturgical dances. I don't want to see any of those things in the Latin in, 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 in the mass, whether it's a Latin mass or a Novo Soto mass. I don't want to see any of that, that garbage. It's crap. I want to see it done reverently as best to the ability to whatever resources they have, I will. I I like Gregorian chant. I want to hear. I mean, even if it's like, if it's not Gregorian chant, but a chant done reverently, even in English, is perfectly fine. If it's done in a Gregorian style, I'm okay with that. I want to see reverence. I want to see love. I want to see people. Adoring the the banquet of the the banquet of God, the the liturgy of God, yes, uh, the beautiful liturgical assembly, even if it's done in a reverent English manner, no guitars, no drums, no uh, hippie chanting, reverence, pure and holy reverence, with a good with a proper attitude you know it's it can be done if everyone's Latin is limited and fine just as long as it's been practiced and and everybody agrees on what what tone or whatever we do it reverently we don't do it you know, we don't do it with a hippie, no rap style, no hip-hop style, no hip Peter, Paul, and Mary style, no Woodstock, Woodstock style. Stick to the traditions of the church and do it reverently. And people shouldn't put a limit on God's grace. God is... God, I think, gives us the freedom, but as long as we do it with heart and spirit and mind... That's all that matters. All right, I think I made my point, but let's go on to the reading. All right, the first reading, this is uh, from the 24th Sunday, is from Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4 to 9. I gave my back to those who beat me. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Lord God opened my ear that I may hear. And I have not rebelled. I have not turned my back. I gave my back to those who beat me, my cheek to those who plucked my beard. My face I did not shield from buffets and spitting. The Lord God is my help. Therefore, I am not disgraced. I have set my face like flint, knowing that I shall not be put to shame. He is near who upholds my right. If anyone wishes to oppose, oppose me, let us appear together. 
who disputes my right? Let that man confront me. See, the Lord God is my help. Who will prove me wrong? The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay. Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4 to 9. This particular... Um, before we go into uh, personal interpretation, we should realize that once more, Isaiah is talking about Christ. He, his, his own, what his persecution, what Isaiah went through, or what Jeremiah went through, or what Elijah went through, or what any of the prophets went through, in many ways is used to, to announce Christ, to announce his, his coming. Isaiah here said, you know, when he opens up, the Lord God opens my ear that I may hear. God is giving him uh, supernatural ears to hear. The ability to hear and see things that we ordinary people Everyday people don't hear and don't see. But the prophet helps us. He, the Holy Spirit is speaking through him. God's divine power is speaking through the prophet. And I have not rebelled. Christ himself is the only one, the only perfect man, the only perfect Adam, who can fulfill the will of God to bring us, to bring us back to Eden, to lift up the curse that came down to us from our first parents, Adam and Eve. Okay, the you know, the sin, original sin, blocks our mind. It makes it difficult difficult for us to hear God. It makes it difficult difficult for us to to remain loyal to Him because our passions, our instincts, are so constantly muted and blocked by sin through that trick that the serpent brought upon our first parents and goes on I beg, I gave my back to those who beat me my cheeks to those who plucked my beard my face I did not shield from buffets and spitting if Isaiah went through that he was he his suffering his his um his persecution was a foreshadowing of Jesus Christ the beating the buffeting, the spitting, the punching in the face, the kicking, the harassment, the, the insults, all of that was a foreshadowing of what will happen to our Lord Jesus. Um, knowing that I, sh uh, and he says here, the Lord God is my help, therefore I am not disgraced. I've set my face like flint. Uh, flint, you know, like when people use to, to set fires, uh, he's, fa he, he's putting his face the way one strikes flint. In other words, he's determined, determined, determined to finish God's work like like a spark. His 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 actions, his determination is like a spark. He's gonna finish it. He's gonna do the work that the Father has given him. And nothing's gonna stop him. Nothing is gonna stop him. Knowing that I shall not be put to shame. He is near who upholds my right. The Father is with him. 
God the Father is right there with him. The Holy Spirit is right there with him. The Lord Jesus, the Word of God is divine. In the human nature that he's taken upon himself, uh, 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 you know, his human nature is going, and, and, and he had the will of a man as well as he had the will of the divine son. He's both God and man. He's not two people. He's one person, but he had the will of a human being. He had all the necessary uh, nature, uh, you know, instincts of a human being, but without sin. <clears throat> so he's determined to finish the father's work. And you see here, okay, he is near who upholds me, who upholds my right. If anyone wishes to oppose me, let 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 us appear together. So you see, he's going to finish the will and nothing's going to stop him. Who disputes my right? Let that man confront me. See the Lord God is my help. Who will prove me wrong? He will finish the father's will. And he did. He went straight to Gethsemane. He went straight to trial by, by, the, by the religious leaders. And then he went straight before the secular government of, of Caesar, uh, Pilate standing, standing in Caesar's place. And then he went straight to the cross. Nothing stopped him in order to fulfill, to bring on the, the atonement. All right. The atonement of, of that, that, that the whole world needed through his passion, through his body and blood, he finally fulfilled, broke the serpent's curse. And that, and Jesus did it. And this is what Isaiah here is showing us. This is a foreshadowing of it. All right, let's move on to Psalm 116. Okay. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Psalm 116. I will add the, I'll, I'll uh, insert the Alleluia. I will walk before the, the Lord in the land of the living. Alleluia. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice in supplication, because he has included his, he's inclined his ear to me the day I called. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice in supplication, because he has inclined his ear to me the day I called. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Alleluia. The cords of death encompass me. The snares of the netherworld seized upon me. I fell into distress and sorrow, and I called upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, save my life. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Alleluia. Gracious is the Lord and just. Yes, our God is merciful. The Lord keeps the little ones. I was brought low, and he saved me. I walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Alleluia. For he has freed my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. I shall walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Alleluia. Okay. You have to admit one thing about the Psalms. It's for every Psalm, for every occasion, for every moment uh, every condition of, of the human of the human existence, every moment of our lives. I love the Lord because He has heard my voice in supplication, because He has inclined His ear to me, the day I called. Now, of course, before we begin applying the Psalms to our own lives, we should realize that the Psalms are also talking about Jesus, Jesus Christ, the incarnate Word who came to Earth and experienced 
and understood the human psyche, the human condition, the, the ego, the I. He understood perfectly well what the human condition is and what the human condition, which is held down by sin, uh, bound by sin, but need to be freed. And Jesus Christ understood it. And through his redemption, through his sacrifice, through his atonement, he liberated it. He liberated. But of course, the human will has to be willing, one, to be saved, right? We need to be saved. We, we, we must want, we must desire to be saved. So we need to call on the name of the Lord to be saved. And we need the sacraments, his body and blood, soul and divinity. The, uh, the, we need the sacrament of reconciliation, confession, so we can be forgiven of our sins. The, the ego must want to be saved. The, the person, the I, must desire salvation, must also acknowledge that it is in a state of sin. It must, it must see and acknowledge itself that we have to acknowledge that we are in a state of sin and therefore we can't save ourselves. So we must look to the Lord. We must call on the name of the Lord. We must seek out redemption. We must seek out reconciliation. We must seek out the Eucharist, the body and blood of Jesus to save us, right? The cords of death encompassed me. The snares of another world seized upon me. I fell into distress and sorrow. Then... I, I, and I called upon the name of the Lord. O oh Lord, save my life. There you have it. We must call upon the name of the Lord. Lord, save my life. Save me. Lord, save me. There, it's a prayer. It's right there. The cords of death encompass me. Sin. Sin is Death is spiritual death. It's eternal damnation. To die in a state of sin is to be separated from God forever. And we Catholics, we've always been, we've always said that, you know, I know a lot of Protestants don't believe us, but we've always said that, you know, instead of listening to what other Protestants tell you, maybe you should go out and seek the answer yourself. Okay, it's impossible for a church for 2,000 years. If you think of any church, any institution, I mean, the Catholic Church has had its scandals right from the beginning. We've had Judas Iscariot, right? Simon Peter, the first pope, we declare him the first pope, denied our Lord three times. How much more scandals do you need? All right, you have someone like, St. Paul, who was Saul at the time, persecuted, even put Christians to death, St. Stephen being the first. How much more scandal do you need? Right? The biggest scandal, probably some people, some historians might say, is the fact that the, the founder of, the, of, of, of our religion, Jesus Christ himself, was crucified. I mean, if you, if you look at the ancient world, that's not much of a founder, that's not much of a god who gets crucified, stripped naked, nailed to the cross, right? I'm not trying to be, you know, crude, but let's be serious. Even Muhammad himself found that impossible, the, 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 the false prophet of Islam. He found that impossible that Jesus can be God. So he reduced Jesus to a prophet and said that 
God would never abandon his prophets, his holy ones, and then remove the cross and say it was an illusion. That's what some Muslims would tell you, but that's nonsense. Jesus Christ was crucified and he rose from the dead. Okay, that itself, Lord, save me. Jesus himself took on human nature and taught us how to call on the name of the Lord for help. Let's move on to the next one. Gracious is the Lord and just. Yes, our God is merciful. The Lord keeps the little ones. I was brought low and he saved me. I was brought low and he saved me. Okay, both those last, the last one, the cords of death encompassed me. The snares in another world seized upon me. I fell into distress and sorrow. I called upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, save my life. The next one, gracious is the Lord and just. Yes, our God is merciful. The Lord keeps the little ones. I was brought low and he saved me. It's talking about the resurrection, to the, the bra- breaking from the netherworld, breaking from the cords of death. For he, for he has freed my soul from death, my eyes from the tears, my feet from stumbling. I shall walk before the Lord in the land of the living. That's beautiful. So you see, the Psalms teach us how to pray. I've been actually praying the liturgy of the hours. You know, I've always like had this problem where I'm always stumbling. Should I do a rosary? Should I do the liturgy of the hours? Should I do this? Should I do that? Uh, should I just read the Bible? But and honestly, the church gives us a lot. If we're going to find something like St. Francis de Sales says, find something you're good at doing and do it well. The rosary, yes, you should pray the rosary. I'm not going to worry anymore if I don't do, if I miss an hour of prayer. I'll make it up. I'm going to make it up. Okay? I'm not going to worry about details. I'm not going to be a Pharisee about it. If I get a chance to read the Bible, I will read. I will stick to something. And don't worry. I'm going to get back to the Gospel of Mark. But we're going to, we're going to need to learn how not to worry about or be, be, you know, nitpickers in ourselves if we miss something. And if we go so far beyond that we can't make it, we can't fix that prayer, then fine. Then just, you know, don't worry about it. You know, I mean, just do it. Who cares if it's, if it's like three, five hours uh, removed from the time. And if you get a chance to pray all the decades of the rosary nonstop, then do it. Do it. Stop worrying about it. Don't be a nitpicker. Don't be so. Don't let. Don't let it. Don't let it scrupula, be scrupulous about it. You pray because you love God. You pray because you love the Lord. If you have the time, do it. Turn off the TV. Turn off the computer. Put the phone down and do it. Just pray because the fact is, you your will. Is what God wants. Your will and your will to love him is what matters most. All right, let's move on to the second reading. Okay, now the second reading is from James. James chapter 2, verse 14 to 18. Faith, if it does not have works, is dead. A reading from the letter of St. James. What good is it, brethren, if someone says... He has faith, but does not have works. Can that faith save him? If a brother 
has nothing to wear and has no food for the day. And one of you says to him, says to them, go in peace, keep warm, eat well, but you do not give them the necessities of the, of the body. What good is it? So also faith of itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Indeed, someone might say, you have faith and I have works. Demonstrate your faith to me without works, and I will demonstrate my faith to you from my works. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to, thanks be to God. This is, this is a, an important piece here. This is an important message, but it's also one we got to be careful with. Many Catholics find it easier to focus, to take this and run with it and focus on social justice. You can get something dangerous like, uh, well, uh, Marxism, socialism. Um, this 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 is a, this is a, also the letter of Saint James Martin Luther, Martin Luther himself didn't like it, because Martin Luther had problems with uh, works. Um, you know, he kind of like he, the whole idea of faith and works, or faith versus works, and it's still it's still like that. It's still like that with many Protestants. They have a problem. With this, they have a problem with it, and Catholics struggle with it too. A lot of people, on one end, can take social justice and throw away um, faith. You know, they will call it uh, "can't focus on pie in the sky." You know, there have been—I've heard that terminology in some places, some places. And then Protestants, on the other hand, can go focus on faith and they, they, they have a problem conflicting the two. First of all, what James is talking about here is love of neighbor. And it doesn't matter if you know the person or not. Um, it doesn't matter if you, if the person lives next door or, uh, you know, this, there's an interesting line, uh, from the chosen where um, Jonathan Rumi's playing playing the role of Jesus says, um, hospitality is not just for those who have homes. In other words, hospitality, it, you show hospitality to someone anywhere. I mean, you know, we've had men who pull a chair up, you let a person walk through first, you give your seat to somebody on the bus or the train. It's perfectly fine to an elderly. It, 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 it's, it's, it's basically learning how to be a charitable person. It's showing the charity and love of Christ anywhere you go. The charity, the Christian charity should be shown anywhere. Mercy should be shown to anyone and anywhere. Whether you know the person or not, whether the person is passing, you and person are passing by, you may never see each other ever, ever again. But that 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 charity can actually be used be used as an evangelization, and you can show the person Christian charity, Christian love, Christian consideration at that very moment, without 
or without trying to use it as a, as a moment to manipulate and show them the gospel and share and give them a pamphlet or try to witness to them and ask, putting them on the spot by asking them, uh, have you been saved? You can't, you know, uh, it, that, that right there could turn someone off to religion, could turn someone off to the gospel because you could, uh, using charity as a, as a false pretense, the love of Christ should, should not be used as a tool. Evangelization can just be a good person, can just be a kind and generous showing Christ by your generosity, by your consideration for them. You know, you could lay, you could lay out the red carpet to them. You can show them Christ in just consideration, in just, in just, in just showing them dignity. That person will remember you. You know, there's a, there's a nice guy in my job. I mean, he's not from my job, but he, he's a delivery guy. Uh, probably West Indian Caribbean. And he said to me one day, and I'm not, I'm not doing this to show up, but I'm just showing you how, how charity and hospitality can, can have an effect. The old man said to me, you know, whenever you are here on a particular post on the docks, You've always been kind to me. You see what I'm saying? It, 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 you know, he, I believe he already knows the gospel. But the point is, show it to them without trying to use it as bait. Don't use it as bait. Don't use it as, as, as a tool. Be sincere in your charity. Be sincere in your in your in your in your um, in your respect to them, your consideration to them. Be sincere in showing them dignity. Don't use it as a, as bait. Okay, that's I think is the best way for us to do it. Show them Christ, but don't use Jesus as bait. Let's move on. Okay, so the Alleluia Antiphon. Alleluia, Alleluia. May I never be, may I never boast except in the cross of our Lord, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Alleluia, Alleluia. It's from Galatians chapter 6, verse 14. And the gospel, uh, reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, chapter 8, verse 27 to 35. You are the Christ, the Son of Man must suffer greatly. It's two quotes here. All right. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. Amen. Glory to you, Lord Jesus. Jesus and his disciples set out for the village of Caesarea Philippi. Along the way, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? They said in reply, John the Baptist others Elijah, still others one of the prophets. And he asked them, But who do you say that I am? Peter said to him in reply, You are the Christ. Then he warned them not to tell anyone about him. He began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer greatly and, he, and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, the scribes, and be killed and rise after three days. 
He spoke this openly. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. At this he turned around and, looking at his disciples, rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. You're thinking not as, a, not as God does, but as human beings do. He summoned the crowd with his disciples and said to them, Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For, who, for whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and that of the gospel will save it. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so we have here something that is, it combines two things. One, we have um, the testimony of Simon Peter. He declares that Jesus is the Christ. Mark only gives us a small portion of that. He, he ends it, you are the Christ. And then he doesn't give us where the Lord gives him the keys of the kingdom. This is based on Simon Peter's preaching, by the way. We know this for a fact because it's based on his preaching. Mark is uh, quoting everything that Peter uh, preached. You know, he was his companion, his secretary, his scribe. Um, but what's interesting here is that I'm wondering why doesn't he put down the keys? Why doesn't he have the keys to the kingdom that the Lord gives him, changes his name from uh, Simon, son of Jonah, to Simon Peter, to call him Peter, the rock. He doesn't even have that. And upon this rock, I'll build my church. Why? And I, I personally have to say, I think Simon Peter was very, was very humble. He didn't want to make himself the center of the gospel, the center of his preaching. He wanted to focus on Jesus because he has that he said, you know, he, he, he only permitted you are the Christ. All right. He doesn't even have the son of the living God, but you are the Christ. And I think because he's simply declaring that Jesus is the Christ and that Mark was simply following, uh, the instructions of his teacher, of his, you know, of, of his, of his mentor. And I think that's important. It's very important that I think we realize that the point of the apostles was always to put Jesus, the center, not just the foreground, but the center. And Simon Peter being at this point, oh, an old man did not want to take attention away, did not want to focus on himself. The gospel of Mark is based on his preaching. Because look what the next thing he says here. You know, even though he he shows that he was he foolishly tried to stop our Lord from going to the cross, our Lord then rebukes him. But is in, but this is the part here is important. He began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer greatly, and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed and rise after three days. He spoke this openly. Then Peter took him aside, and began to rebuke him. 
At this he turned around, looking at his disciples, rebuked Peter, and said, Get behind me, Satan. You're thinking not as God does, but as human beings do, or as men do, I prefer. But it goes on. He summoned the crowd, and with his disciples he said to them, Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and that of the gospel will save it. Here, the center is the, the center of focus is our Lord. He is the Christ. And Simon Peter here even lessens himself. In, in this particular preaching, he actually edits and he puts himself that he shows that he became an obstacle to the Lord by trying to stop him from going to the cross, showing that he didn't understand what the Lord's mission was. And then he has, he, he, he willingly has, has his Lord, his Lord and Master Christ, rebuke him, call him even a Satan, and say that you are becoming an obstacle to me, a stumbling block. And then he has, he does, he, he even goes further. You know, he, he, you're not thinking as God does. You're, 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 um, you're thinking as men do. Then he goes on. You're, um, he summoned other, the, the other disciples, the crowd with his disciples and said to them, whoever wishes to come after me must pick up his cross and follow me. Whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, and whoever wishes to lose his life for my sake and that of the gospel will save it. Now, we know that Simon Peter died in Rome, crucified upside down. So in pretty much in this in this particular case, he himself realized that he has to pick up his cross and follow his Lord, follow him to death. Whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. Whoever wishes to, you know, to deny his life will save, will save his life. You know, from, you know, for my sake and for the sake of the gospel, you know, you'll, you'll, your life will be saved. So we have to look at the center of it all is the cross. The center of it all is Jesus. The center of it all is following Jesus straight to death. A lot of people, modern times, we don't like that. We're very comfortable people now. We, you know, we don't like uncomfortable things. We don't like to be, we don't like our lives to be comfortable. Everything is provided for us. Everything is handed to us in a package, literally. You go to a supermarket, you go to any store, you get food prepared for you. Um, we're comfortable people. We don't, we don't harvest, we don't plant. We don't do any of that stuff. We are people in completely um, pampered. But, you know, I mean, look, look at what just happened to us, basically, with the shutdown. We're not used to having things denied us, to deny to us. We're not used to being told no. Every, you know, our society, our, our culture, our generation is pampered we wouldn't be able to survive. We're not like our ancestors. Pain and suffering, and uh, you know, we you know uh, our religion is pampered. The preaching given to us is pampered. You know, we try to tell ourselves that we're good. Just uh, you know, 
with so, we use social justice as a means to try to, good works, shallow good works, not even good works of salvation, but good works to convince ourselves that we're good people. We're not bad people. We can't, you know, we, we don't want challenges. We're afraid of that. We're, we're afraid of spiritual challenges. Our religions are packaged. All right. Our priests and ministers don't challenge us. You know, it's even, oh my goodness. I mean, come on, even on a Sunday, look at the priests, look at the preaching, look at the liturgy. It's excruciation for them to go through it. To even, it's a pain, a struggle, an aggravation to, to even go through the liturgy, to preach and even, you know, you know, the readings bother them. Anything like this, this thing about suffering, a priest could read it or a deacon can read it, but you know what? The priest and deacon won't preach on it. That's how bad it is. If you want to know Christ, you have to, I mean, literally, I admit it. I, I need to practice fasting more, not to, not to be better, but to be more disciplined, to be more open to Christ. We need to do that. A little self, some self-denial is not going to hurt us. A little self-discipline is not going to hurt us. It will probably give us the grace we need to be more holy, to get closer to Jesus. That's what we need. All right. Let's, uh, let's end it. Lord, please give us, give us the grace we need. Give us the grace we need to embrace your cross, to embrace your passion and to, to partake of it, to, to be stronger, to be a more healthy, spiritually more healthy, spiritually more disciplined, spiritually more holy to be more holy, but not for our self-righteousness, but for you, to be closer to you, to be closer to your mother, to the saints. At least give us the grace to pick up our cross and follow you and not become a stumbling block to others and to not to be uh, weak, not to be hypocritical. Give us the grace we need, Lord. We ask Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, your mother to pray for us, St. Joseph to pray for us, St. Peter and St. Mark and St. Michael and all the other saints to pray for us. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Okay, I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us men and for our salvation he came down from heaven. And by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried and rose again on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and life of the world to come. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom the power and the glory now and forever amen Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Saint Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in battle. Be our protections in the wild, wicked attack of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And now, O Prince of the Heavenly Hosts, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl the world, seeking the womb of souls. Amen. Thank you.